Amen. Well, that's what's coming. That's what's coming. All right. House of cards. You're walking in here with being dealt a hand of cards, kind of life cards, cards that you're having to play every day. And to be honest with you, it's not a good hand. You know, you may hold a couple good cards, but for the most part, I will tell you, on your own, it's a losing hand. No matter how hard I try in my own efforts, it's, 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 it's not ever very good. But a lot of the cards that we hold that we walk in here with, maybe not even, maybe not are, are not even due to your fault. You were born into it. Maybe you were born into a, into a broken home. Maybe you were born into a home where you were even abused as a child. Maybe your parents have battled depression. Maybe they've battled a spirit of poverty. You know, many things we are just born into. I did not choose my parents nor my family, right? Did you get to choose yours? No. Do we have dysfunction in our families? Yes. Have they created some hills that we've had to overcome? Yes. Some of these cards that you hold are not your fault, but I want you to know that some of the cards you hold are your fault. You chose your spouse. (laughs) It's a funny response. That's funny. You chose your job. You chose to work there. You chose some decisions you've made, some investments that you've made. Some of them have been good. Let me tell you, some of our decisions have been good. They're not all bad. You chose to get credit cards and to max them out. The government didn't make you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. You did it. But we walk in here holding a, a hand of cards. But can I tell you, there's good news. There is a way for victory with the hand that you're holding. Not just victory, but an abundant life. And God's not going to give you a redeal. He's going to work with what you have. Whatever you've done, wherever you've been, come as you are. It's said through the song Broken Vessels that he's taken the broken, he's taken the hurting, he's taken the the messed up decisions and has has, uh, agreed to, to come into us and to help us. Not agreed, he created us. He's chosen us as his people. But you have to choose him. Are you following your parents' way? Are you following the world's way? Or are you following Christ? You get to choose. I want to show you from Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. But we learned last week that Jesus, the man, is gone. He's not here anymore. Has anyone here seen Jesus in the flesh walking up and down Cookville? If we were to go to Jerusalem, could we see him there? He's gone, right? It's important that we get this. Okay, where is he? He's in heaven, specifically. 
Your, this would be your right hand. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. He has a job. He is sitting at the right hand. It has been uh, confirmed. People have seen him sitting there in visions as well as it's been, it, it's been told us in Scripture by multiple people that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. We know that that's why he's there. What's one big reason why he's there? Sitting at the right hand. Interceding on our behalf. He is talking to the Father for us. It's awesome. It's, it's mind-blowing that he is talking to the Father about us. But Jesus is gone. He is in heaven. And it, we saw last week that Jesus left so that he could send his spirit, right? He said that he must leave. He even said that it was better that he leaves so that the spirit could come. It says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, it says, Do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Now, last week we looked, at, we looked at how it talks about how Jesus said, I am with you now, but later I will be in you. That it is the Holy Spirit that when we get saved, that it is the Holy Spirit that comes into our heart. Now, I can tell you, I was raised in a Baptist church. Not bad. Just Baptist. Um, how many here was raised in a Methodist church or raised in a Church of Christ church or raised in a Pentecostal church or raised in a Catholic church or raised outside of church? Doesn't matter. Religion's this big mess. Denomination's just this big mess that man has made. But I was raised in a church where I was told that if I will come forward, confess that Jesus is Lord and ask him into my heart, that I would be saved. I don't think that's wrong. I think it's right. But in my mind, in my finite mind, I could never grasp this Jesus in my heart. I believed he was there because my parents told me that. Because the pastor told me that. I never believed that he wasn't there, but I just couldn't quite grasp it. How can Jesus come into my heart? But it was never intended. It was never possible that the man, Jesus Christ, in the flesh could come into my heart. That cannot happen. He said, I must leave that I could send another that will come in. It is the Holy Spirit that came into my heart. So in building this personal relationship, it never was with Jesus the man. It was with Jesus the Spirit. And I'm going to show you that the Spirit of the man is the man. So is Jesus in my heart? Yes. But it's not this thing that I've gotten in this concept that I could never receive. It's like the light bulb went off and said, look, I'm here. Let's continue on. He said, look, look, look here in, G, in John chapter 16. Uh, yeah. He says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not the one, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Now, what's just happened? These disciples have left everything. They've left their jobs. They've left their families to now follow this man, right? Literally follow, like ducks follow. And now he's saying, now I got to go. What the heck? I've given my life to this. What? What? <laughs> but he tells us why. I've got to go. You can see they didn't even ask, where are you going? They're so shook up because she's leaving. 
Did y'all catch that? Not one of you are asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. That's a big scripture that you need to remember. If he had not left, his spirit wouldn't have come. Why? Because his spirit would have stayed in him. He had to leave that he could send his spirit. If I don't go away, then I will send, if I do go away, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. Verse 9. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Verse 11. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not... Listen to me now. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Who is me? Jesus. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So I'm only going to go into a couple things today on, on, on this statement. Why is it best for us? But we're going to continue it the next week. Why is it best for us? How could it be best for us? Because in my mind, I would think that having the man would be better than for him to go and send me whatever he's saying he's going to send. Wouldn't you, I, wouldn't you in your mind rather have the person I, I, in my mind, I would, I, would ha I would struggle with that. Jesus, it couldn't be better for you to go. But the reason it's better is he said, I will send another. And if you remember from last week, it's one exactly like the same. He's leaving, Jesus is leaving, but sending one just like Jesus. Exactly. How can it be exactly? Because the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father are one. They are one. So that's how it can be exactly the same. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is God. But let's keep going. Why is it better? Because Jesus Christ, the man, is exactly that, a man. Now, spoiler alert, this is, comes from the book that we're going, over, going to start on the class tomorrow night um, on the Holy Spirit. But I want you to think about if Jesus were still here in the earth, Spirit hasn't been poured out on everyone. But Jesus is here. I want you to think about how hard it would be to meet with him. Literally. So if Jesus never left the earth, the Holy Spirit hasn't come alongside us. If we wanted to meet with Jesus, then probably we'd ha we would have to fly into Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv Airport, which would be the busiest airport in the world because Jesus is there. Okay? Then we'd rent a car, drive to Galilee... And hope to find some decent accommodations there. Now, any of you ever go to the Bristol race? How hard is it to get hotel rooms? It's impossible. Plus, you got to get them for like five nights, something stupid like that, where they charge you crazy, right? If you ever go to the Masters and try to get hotel rooms in Augusta, you can't. You can't get a room. Because millions of people want him. So, let's just say we get there, we find a room. Now we got to go find Jesus. That's the easy part. Where is everybody? 
follow the crowd. There he is. We find him. Once we find him, then we're going to have to wade through one of the most complex systems of lines that's ever been known to man. I mean, imagine Disney times a lot. (laughs) You know, Disney has 50 rides. This is one for the world. I'm trying to conceptualize this. This is real. If Jesus the man were here, it would be chaos. You could not see him. Now, let's just say we, we get in the line. For Jesus to be able to see us, let's say he had a maximum of, maximum of 60 seconds to be able to meet with you. So you'd have to have your questions and requests ready. Now imagine if you could meet with him. Let's just say it's today, Sunday, today. This day, August 30th, today's the day for you to meet with him. Think about what questions and what requests you would have today. Wouldn't you have more tomorrow? But you're done. You got one shot, 60 seconds. Now, Jesus has to sleep and eat. He's a man. He is a man, just like we're a man, just like we're people, humans. He's a human. He'd have about 14 hours a day to be able to give. 60 seconds seconds each, he could see 840 people a day. It'd take 3.26 years to be able to meet with a million people. There's a lot more than a million people in the earth, right? Keep in mind, as soon as today ends, new people start showing up, joining the stream. And what if people had fast passes because they really have issues? Right? So people are constantly going in front of you. Have you ever been at Disney and you don't have a fast pass and you just watch people walk by you? Like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. And they're thinking, I hate you, I hate you. No, I'm kidding. It is, it's rough. People keep getting in front of you. What I want you to realize is that it would be basically impossible for you to see him. Definitely improbable. The good news is that the Holy Spirit is always here. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's not the Holy Spirit speaking, it's Jesus speaking. He only speaks what he hears. Do you hear me? That's what we have. I have access to the very throne of God, to the Father, because I have access to the Spirit of Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father. Do you see that because I have that Spirit, it's why I can even understand or fathom that I have the mind of Christ. I don't, my brain is still mine, but because I get the thoughts and the words of Jesus, that comes into my mind. I get the ideas and the thoughts and the directions of Jesus. Have you ever struggled with that statement, I have the mind of Christ? Man, I sure don't feel like I got the mind of Christ. <laughs> you do when you listen to the Holy Spirit. You literally get his mind. Awesome, my mind's blowing up here. I don't know about you, but mine is. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. 
He teaches like Jesus. He amplifies the things of God like Jesus. And he is here with us. I want you to know that when Jesus taught on the earth, it was through his spirit. It says you cannot know the things of a man unless you know his spirit. And you cannot know God's thoughts unless you know his spirit. So when Jesus teaches, he is teaching. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. He is teaching out of his spirit. That's what I get. Let me take this one more step farther. Because you have his spirit, who is the teacher, you are equipped to teach. Not based on your background, not based on your education, based on the spirit within you. It is good. That's what we have. Let me take it one more step farther. And I'm, I'm just barely touching on this. I think, I, I think next week is the week it, uh, I'm going to put, put one part together It's going to blow your mind if I haven't already blown it. But the Holy Spirit is just unbelievable. Next, for relationship. If Jesus were here on the earth, what's the possibility of you having a close relationship with him? One of the words that uh, words of Jesus that he used in John 14, when you remember he said, I'm going to send an advocate. Well, a word for that in another translation is helper. And the Greek word for that word helper is parakletos. Parakletos. And Jesus, uh, Jesus is referred to parakletos in 1 John chapter 2. My little children, we have an advocate or parakletos with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteousness. You may say, whoa, 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 the advocate was the Holy Spirit. Well, can't you see that these things intermingle? If the Spirit of Jesus is the advocate, then can't you see that Jesus could be called the advocate? Also, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you, <coughs> basically being an advocate for us. So can you see all of a sudden these things are not in competition with each other? They are one. But if we talk about this word parakletos, let's look at it from the Greek. Because in the vernacular, you would see of the day, you would see that advocate is kind of like, like an attorney. Um, a lawyer who pleaded someone's case. Or maybe like a personal coach, a counselor, or a coach. But parakletos can be broken down into two Greek words. The first one being para. And para means very close. Paul used this word to describe his relationship with Timothy. I believe uh, if, we could, if we could talk to King David that he would say that uh, his relationship with, with him and with Jonathan was para. Very close. It's the relationship that I have with my wife. Very close. Very close relationship. I don't have many of those relationships that I would refer to as para. But my wife is one that knows me like no one knows me. And I believe that I know her like no one knows her. Very close. But the next word is kaleo. Remember, it's parakletos. The second half is kaleo, which means to beckon or to call. And this word was used frequently in Scripture when the apostles were talking about describing their callings. 
But if you can imagine these two words being put together, I think that we can understand a little bit better what Jesus was trying to say when he used this word advocate or helper. He is saying that the Holy Spirit has been called to walk very closely with you. The Holy Spirit is called to walk closely alongside you, coaching you, giving you direction and instruction and counsel, bringing you comfort, bringing you peace, leading you with truth. And he will never leave us or forsake us. Now, I want you to know that in my whole walk, me having this divide between Jesus being in my heart, from the moment I started to see my relationship is based on the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Jesus, I immediately felt something different. He was there all along. I just did not know how to grab hold of it. Guys, I've been saved since five, 39 years, and have had that relationship divide just because of my, my mind. And it's real. I've had some of the weirdest conversations lately. Conversations that had meaning, conversations that didn't. Very much like I have conversations with people here and realizing that he is here. He is here with me. It's why when the fire marshal brought a bad word, it did not shake me. It was a problem but I have a comforter to help handle bad words. That's a bad word. Let me bring some comfort to you. Well, okay, that was weird. I normally get mad. But I'm not mad. Something's different. Something's different. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. It is the relationship part of Jesus. You may say, how do you say that? Because he's the comforter. He's the encourager. He's the teacher. It is the person. It is the person of Jesus, not the flesh, but who he is. That's who I have. So can you see maybe when it talks about, and I've struggled with this word, friend of God. I am a friend of God. Love to sing the song, but... I've had a hard time grasping that, but I get it. How can I be a friend of God? Do you, how many, let me ask you this. How many people do you have, how many in your life do you have that you would consider close friends? Couple? Three? Maybe? Maybe one? Okay, if Jesus Christ did not send his spirit, but he was here, what's the possibilities I've asked you for you to be in that circle of one or two with him? Basically zero. Basically zero. Yeah, you, you are a cool person. But basically zero. But because we have his spirit, I, I, don't, I don't act like I'm best friends with God. He acts like he's best friends with me. I'm not saying I'm not acting like I'm not best friends with God, but he is my best he. I am his best friend. Do, do you follow that? He is that close to me. 
And when I talk to the Holy Spirit, Jesus speaks back. There is not a competition here. I have the words of Jesus. And I want you to know when the Holy Spirit speaks, it will speak according to his word. If you're listening to a voice that does not line up with his word, it is not the Holy Spirit speaking. He will never contradict his word. Never. And I've met people that have swore that they heard the Holy Spirit, but it did not line up with his word. You are deceived. I can prove the Holy Spirit's word in my heart by, his, by the Bible. People often will say, oh, if I could have just walked with Jesus, I would have so many questions and so many things to share with him in my heart. Why not share that now? If you've asked Christ to, to be your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that you have the Holy Spirit. You just probably don't know it. Do you know that disciples went to those that had received the word of God and had gotten water baptized and they, he, they, the, uh, Paul, or, or the, the disciples sent back out some more disciples to go back and say, did you, did you know about the Holy Spirit? And they said, we didn't even know there was one. Now I can tell you that I've had the Holy Spirit. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit since 17, but I did not know that I had him as a personal relationship. How could I miss that? Not the smartest tool in the shed. Compared to God, it's a joke. But I believe in his grace and mercy, he's just looking down saying, that's okay, Paul, you got it, it's all right. One of these days, you're really gonna see, and man, it's gonna be awesome. But for now, I'm still with you, and I'm still loving on you, but you need to get this. Wow, it's changed my life. Why not talk to him now? Because if we continue to perceive the Holy Spirit as this ambiguous entity, we will never approach him as our closest friend. We can never experience the comfort that he has to give us because we keep him on a shelf only to call on him when we want to be some super Christian, which is a joke. But I want you to know, I believe that the Holy Spirit is the most ignored person in the church. And it is who Christ sent to the church. The Holy Spirit should be the center of the church. I'm not talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Those are, those will come. We don't even have to worry about those. But the church, the church has removed the Holy Spirit from the church. And it's wrong. And I want you to know if you look at the ministry of Jesus, it was never weird. He didn't run through Walmart screaming, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ is not weird. Okay, follow me because I'm done. This is it. If Jesus and his ministry is not weird, with the exception of him pulling a coin out of a fish's mouth, you know, that's kind of cool. That's still not weird. I would do it. If anybody could get their taxes paid, would you go to the river and catch a fish? Do that, God. Yeah. Okay, but if, the, if Jesus Christ is not weird, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. They are no different. The works of the Holy Spirit are not weird. 
the church and people have made it weird. The church and people have made it weird. And we're coming back to the heart of what the gospel is. And that heart of the gospel is the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys stand up with me and let me pray for you. I went long, but I, we're going to feed you, so, you know, <laughs> sue me. <laughs> or don't. Yeah. <laughs> Scripture says don't. Yeah. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you right now to just reveal your spirit to us. Your heart, that heart of mercy and compassion, that heart of forgiveness and restoration, that heart of redemption, that heart of love. Some of you are here today and you may have gotten saved as a young person, just like me, but it never clicked. Just right now, just yield yourself to the spirit of Jesus and begin again that relationship because I want you to know it's real. You may have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior. Great, today's the day. It says in his word that if you'll just believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. And the Spirit of God will come into your heart. You are a temple for the Holy Spirit. Open up your heart and he'll come in. Would you yield yourself to the spirit of Jesus today and follow it? Follow his word, follow his spirit. I want you to know that you have got a great future. The Lord is with you and he will never leave you. And there is no force on this earth that can separate you from him. Would you follow him? Pastor Justin.